The last few weeks, in what I consider my little bubble of Catholic social media, there has been this video going around. Now, I, I hope it's a real video. I have no idea. I mean, it is a video. I don't know if it was actually real or if someone edited it. But in the video, there's a drainage ditch along the side of the road, and a young person, I imagine a shepherd, is pulling a sheep out of the drainage ditch. And it gets the sheep out of the drainage ditch, and the sheep bounds off on its own along the left side, and then tries to hop across the drainage ditch to get back onto the road. And it falls back into the drainage ditch. And all of the commentary that I've seen is mostly like, this is me after confession, right? I go to confession, I'm so happy, footloose and fancy free, and then I'm back in sin again. Or something along those lines, right? And it's a reminder to us, and it's a beautiful image of what happens when the Lord frees us, when the Lord, the Good Shepherd, comes and pulls us out of our brokenness. That if we don't turn and follow Him again, if we run off on our own, blessed and as graced as we are, we end up back where we started. We end up immersed in the drainage ditch of whatever drainage ditch is in our life. This is the reality of being on the flock, of being a sheep, is that we need to follow the shepherd. Though the Lord loves us enough to constantly pull us out of the drainage ditch, He loves us too much for us to stay there, for us to stay in that cycle. So not only are we sheep in need, desperately in need of this good shepherd, as St. John reminds us in that second reading from his first letter, we are also God's children. God looks upon us and loves us because just as our parents look upon us and see their own image in us, so too does God look upon his children because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And so though he knows we need a shepherd, we need guidance, we need a path upon which to tread, he also gives us the freedom and the ability to not only know that path, but to know the shepherd. And such is the grandeur of his love for us that he does the unthinkable. He dies for his sheep and children. Jesus says in the gospel, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Really? A good shepherd? Do we hear stories throughout all of history of shepherds going out in the field and laying their lives down for the sheep? Not at all. That is seemingly irresponsible because the value of a human life is so much greater than that of one sheep. And yet Jesus says to be a good shepherd and, that, and I am that good shepherd, I will die for the least of these sheep. So that, as he says at the very end, I can take it up again. And so we see in Jesus this kind of contradiction, these things that are seemingly paradoxes, that Jesus is the good shepherd on the one hand, he is the Lamb of God on the other. He is the shepherd who leads his sheep, he is the sacrificial victim that dies for the flock. He is the priest that offers the sacrifice, he is the sacrifice offered upon the altar. And so, too, insofar as we are baptized into his priesthood at baptism, we share in that paradox. And perhaps ours is more, we are both sheep and children. That we live in the beauty of the flock. We are called to gather together. We are called to be nurtured and nourished and led by Christ and his church. 
We are called to follow after the one who laid down his life for us. But we are also given the freedom to figure out what that looks like. So though we gather together this morning in prayer and in worship of our God to, be, to receive fully the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in the Eucharist, we go forward in our different ways so that we can come back. We gather as sheep to go forward as children, to come back to gather as sheep, to go forward as children. And that is the beauty of our faith. That in sharing in that priesthood victimhood, sheep childrenhood of following after Jesus, of being made in his image and likeness, of being called to unity with him through baptism, that we have in, in, in this church right now amongst us the opportunity to do myriad things, to go forward and to combat the systemic injustices. Perhaps that's what you are called as a child of God is, but to gather as a sheep to receive nourishment, to recognize that you can't do it on your own, to invite other people into that, to go back out. Perhaps as a child of God, your call is to be a great evangelist, to be a great sharer or disciple of the Lord and to bring other people into that. Perhaps it's just, you know, not just, but to be a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, a friend, whatever the Lord is calling you to in your childhood, in your formation as his beloved, that is made possible by recognizing and coming together as sheep, of being humble enough of heart to know that I don't have it all figured out, that I need not only the Lord, but I need the others in the flock to gather with me, to gather around me, to build me up so that they can help me go forward. Because I think it's important to keep this image of child because we know, I mean, I don't have children, obviously, but those who have children, and I see my brothers and sisters with children, that the love of a mother and a father for a child is absolute. But at the same time, you're nurturing and nourishing so that they can go off and make the decisions they need to make on their own in the best way. And what works for you in your life may not work for them in their life in terms of their path forward. We recognize the, the, the truth, right, that if people stray from the path that is the Lord Jesus, that that's not necessarily a good thing. But we give them that opportunity. We bring them together. We form them so that we can send them forth. This paradox of being a beloved child and a sheep, the paradox seemingly of Jesus being the priest and the victim, it's a constant reminder to us of our utter dependency on God, but also the great love that he has for us and how we are all called to share in that. And today, I just want to stress in a particular way, especially to the young men who are here, the importance of being priests, of men answering that call by God to say yes to the priesthood, to share in a, a fuller measure, if you will, into the priesthood and victimhood of Jesus. To be like that shepherd in the video who constantly and helpingly goes forward to pull people out of the drainage ditches in which they find themselves, but to also find yourself as the victim. Not in, the kind of sac not in the sense of like, woe is me way, but of offering your life totally for the church and for others. Of sharing in the gift of priesthood, of being the instrument through which God interacts in the world and brings his blessing and graces to others, but of also offering your life for that. And in so doing, finding yourself by dying and rising again and again and again. I would love to stand up here and say that the priesthood is this glamorous life. But I think we've seen the danger of what happens when priests go forward and take, a, take use of the blessings and the privileges that we have. 
We see in the abuse that priests have taken on other people, both in terms of the sexual abuse of minors, its cover-up, and any other abuses that priests have wrought on the people of God by focusing on just that priesthood of the power aspect, of the ability to have something or to use something in relationship to others. To be a priest is to offer your life in service to the church and to use the gifts that the Lord has given you and given the priesthood and given the church in a way that is, not just for, that is not at all for yourself. To be a priest means to offer yourself totally so that when someone comes, it is not me, but it is Jesus. In order to do that, we must lay down our lives again and again and again. In his wonderful book, The Priest is Not His Own, uh, Fulton Sheen talks about how when the priest comes down the aisle every time to celebrate Mass, he goes with Jesus to Calvary. That in the same way, he, that Jesus was offered on the cross, the priest should offer his very life on the altar so that with Jesus he can take it up and rise again. It is a beautiful gift. The church is always in need of priests. It's a wonderful life, as difficult as at times it may be, because we no longer live for ourselves. As St. Paul reminds us in the letter to the Galatians, I no longer live but Christ who lives within me. This is the goal of the Christian life, and in particular, the goal of the priest, to bring the crucified yet living God to all he encounters. And so I just want to encourage and invite any of our young men here who haven't gotten married yet, or, or you know, maybe, if you, you know, maybe if you're engaged, that's probably a bit too far as well, but to consider prayerfully being a priest, of helping others, of pulling others out of the drainage ditch, of walking with them, of loving them, of being a priest and victim, but also recognizing first and foremost that you're the most in need of being pulled out of that drainage ditch yourself. It is a humbling life. It is a glorious life. Because we are called, no matter what our vocation, when we fulfill our vocation in following God, in sharing with Him, in being both the priest and the victim, the shepherd and the sacrifice, we find our true fulfillment. Because we find the person of Jesus Christ, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And as St. Peter reminds us in that first reading, it is through him in which our salvation lies, and only through him. And so we ask the Lord today, regardless of where we are in life, regardless of our vocation, for the strength and the grace to recognize those areas in our life that we need to be pulled from the drainage ditch, those areas in our life where we continually fall back in to the drainage ditch, but also to recognize the grandeur of God's mercy and love for us, that he loves to pull us out and even smiles upon us when we fall back in so that he can continually invite us to take that next step, to be his beloved son, his beloved daughter, his beloved sheep. This is why we come to Mass every Sunday to be fed, to be nourished, to be nurtured, so that we can go forward in our own way, simple or humble as we may be, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that is so desperately in need of it.